What's up, guys? This is We Talk Sports. I am your host, Brett Pinelli, and I'm being joined by Ryan Horst and Josh Olwine. Um, it's going to be a delayed episode. Um, obviously, our episode did not come out today. Um, we are having technical difficulties, but it worked out for the best because of all the NBA and um, even NFL news that has come out in the past few days. Um, obviously, one of the biggest ones is LeBron uh, surpassed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in points scored in his career. An incredible achievement. Um, we, you know, we talked about this a lot, a lot in um, the episode that ended up not recording. So we're just going to kind of briefly touch upon it on this one. Um, just want to say, um, you know, LeBron, in my opinion, is the greatest player in NBA history. What he's done off the court and on the court, um, how dominant he is, and how consistent he has been for years. Um, I think makes him the greatest player of all time. Just you guys, have any thoughts on about about the? record-breaking night for LeBron. Yeah, I'll just briefly touch on touch upon it, too. Uh, like you mentioned, he's la longevity. Oh, well, yeah. And, uh, he's been putting up insane numbers since 2003. He's in year 20, and he's still doing it. To me, that's what makes him the GOAT, is the longevity aspect of it. He's like, you know, he has that, obviously, is the points record. He's like top three in almost every category in terms of the playoff stats. Mm-hmm. So that he has that too. He's like top five in assists regular season. He has every single statistical achievement. He has four championship rings, ten championship appearances, which is almost unheard of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in my mind, he was he was already the goat before this points record. But I know that some people um, would have said that he wasn't the goat, but now they agree that he's the goat after the points record. So I'm happy he was at least at least able to shift the opinions of some people by breaking the record. But yeah. Just a great achievement that I think just further cements his legacy as the greatest of all time. I 100% agree with that. Josh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll just say, I'll say it again. I said it the other day, but I, I really think this is going to stand for a long time because no, one, uh, no active players are really that close. Uh, and for how consistent he's been for how long is really unmatched because there's always going to be guys who can score 50 or 60 more often like Kobe, MJ, Harden. But for to be this consistent for this long is pretty much uh, impossible to duplicate. Exactly. Um, so, you know, if I uh, were looking past that, you know, even more NBA news, a lot has happened at the trade deadline. And one of the biggest stories that, um, you know, has come out of that is that Kyrie Irving was traded to the Dallas Mavericks, putting another star next to Luka Doncic. Um, Honestly, I would say it's a great move on both sides. You know, the Brooklyn next the Brooklyn Nets look like they're kind of rebuilding a bit. So they get um, Spencer Dinwiddie back, Dorian Finney-Smith, and they get a lot of first-round picks and second-round. Well, they get a first-round pick and a couple second-round picks down the line um, while also getting rid of this guy that has sort of been a distraction um, to their team. Um, I think it works out for both sides, definitely. Um, you know, there is some con- some concerns for the Dallas Mavericks, you know, how is their defense in the post going to be? Um, who's going to defend some of the best big men in the league? Um, I think that has the potential of holding them back from being a contender for the finals, but I still think they could be a contenders to win a few um, series in the playoffs. Um, and there's a lot of questions in terms of, is Kyrie going to stay after this season? So there's a whole discussion we can go into that. What are your guys' thoughts on the trade? Yeah, I mean, I actually think, believe it or not, three teams won this trade, even though it was only a two-team deal. First, I'll talk about the Nets. Um, they got a hefty return for Kyrie, who was going to leave in the offseason anyway. So that's honestly an A. I'll give them an A grade on this trade. I mean, I agree. They, weren't, 
there was really no other option but for them to try to get this kind of a return for Kyrie. So getting like two very serviceable, good rotation guys and then picks was just an absolute win. Yep. Um, next, I'll touch upon the Mavericks, who are obviously the other participant in this trade. I mean, even though I think they're not a serious contender just because the defense is going to be lacking, um, I still think they had to make this deal. You just had to go out there and get a star to put next to Luka to try to contend with like teams such as the Nuggets, Clippers, etc. in the West this year. So I'm still going to give the Mavericks, like a, I'm not sure exactly what I'd grade it, maybe an A-, minus B plus, but I still think they... Uh, they are another winner of this trade because they just had to go out there and get that superstar. Mm-hmm. And then the third winner of this trade is actually the Houston Rockets because okay. the Houston Rockets, uh, when they traded Harden to the Nets a couple of years ago, actually acquired pretty much all of the Nets draft capital through 2027. So with the Nets choosing to blow it up and kind of go more into that rebuilding phase, that draft capital is going to be significantly better uh, than it's projected to be before Katie and Kyrie were traded. So the Rockets are going to be loaded on just top picks, like their picks and the Nets picks. So I think they're the third winner of that trade. It's important to touch upon, you know, kind of how they, you know, are going to be in a better spot in the future because of this one trade. I actually did not even think of that at all. That's a, that's a good point. Josh, yeah. what thoughts on the trade? Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how Kyrie and Luca complement each other. Obviously, great uh, scores and ball handlers. Uh, Kyrie played his first game the other night. I saw some of it. He looked pretty good, but obviously, Luca wasn't playing. He was hurt. Yeah. Um, I think the Mavs are definitely a playoff team, even though the West got a lot better. But I, I just can't see them contending because of, as you said, the lack of defense and lack of uh, bench depth. Um, and I was a little surprised. I don't think they made any other trades to help fix this. So it, it was a little bit surprising to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I would have definitely- liked, liked to see the Mavericks just say, we're going all in. I would have liked to see them pick up like OG Ananobi or something like that. Yeah, that would definitely help. Like, just, just having another star next to Luka gives them such an advantage. But like, like we said, like, just not having that depth and like defense down in of down in the post is going to really hurt them um trying to go against like um anyone in the playoffs uh that has a big like the nuggets or anyone like they're going to get torched so that i think that just really limits them you know i can see them win, winning a series or two but i don't see them getting past that um so now with our next trade a huge trade which i think is going to have a lot of uh a lot of uh, exciting stuff moving forward in the NBA. And as uh, Kevin Durant was traded to the Phoenix Suns, making a sort of a big three in, um, for the Suns, you know, with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant, I, in my opinion, um, that um, solidifies them as one of the best teams in the, in the entire NBA. Um, I am so excited to see that um, big three play out. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts on, the tr- on this massive trade? I'm actually a little bit happy, maybe, that Wednesdays, podcast was lost in the, yeah. in the archives because uh, on Wednesday's podcast, I said something that was a pretty bad take. If we look back at it, I think I said, like, no stars would be on the move. It was after the Kyrie yeah. deal, so I said no other stars would be on the move. So this, this trade kind of took me from surprise. I thought the Nets were still going to try to contend with KD, but, um, you know, they sent him off to Phoenix. And for some reason, I, I'm, I'm very excited to watch the Suns because... 
I'm not a big fan of Devin Booker. I think he's a little obnoxious, you know, a little cocky. I'm not a big fan of DeAndre Ayton. Not a big fan of Chris Paul. So it's not like the most likable group for me. Um, but, you know, the last time the Suns made a deep playoff run in 2021, I thought that was an extremely exciting playoffs. Um, one of the best playoffs in recent memory, even though the, the Sixers suffered heartbreaking loss to the, to the Hawks. We don't need to talk about that. Oh. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see this just because the West got so much better. And I think it's going to be an insanely fun playoffs with these guys going on the move and just making it so, you know, I think there's tons of teams in, in the West that could surprise people in the playoffs, like the Warriors when Curry comes back. And then you have, you have teams such as the Nuggets, you know, they're, they're the favorites right now. You have the Suns now, the Mavericks, the Clippers. Who knows if the Lakers can turn it around after their recent deals. You know, I'm just so excited to see the playoffs with these stars being dealt around and just forming, you know, so many star nucleus, so many star cores of teams that are just going to make it a super exciting playoffs. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, maybe there's a little bit of concern for Phoenix that, like, you know, a lot of their key role players are traded away with, like, Mikhail Bridges, very good defensively and a good shooter. Cam Johnson, a good shooter, and Jay Crowder is just a nice role player. Um, but you got Kevin Durant. <laughs> you can't really beat that. You know, you got three um, great scorers on your team. Well, Chris Paul's not a great scorer, but, you know, he's like a veteran guy that um, has incredible playmaking ability that can just get anyone the ball. I'm just excited to see that big three play out, um, and I'm excited to see the playoffs play out in general. I think there's a lot of teams that have equal chances to get to the championship, and it's going to be one of the best that I've personally seen live. Um, so yeah. it's going to be a very exciting time when the playoffs come. Josh, what are your I thoughts? I personally, before Josh comes in, I personally will say, though, the Suns kind of sold their soul, and what I mean by that is like if one of Booker or KD goes down this year, they're just absolutely doomed, and then they just dumped all their picks and young guys, so they pretty much went all in for a championship this year, or maybe, I guess, next year, but if they don't get one, they're, they're doomed. Yeah. Josh, yeah, what are you? I, yeah, I completely agree. I think the Suns made it clear they're going all in to win one of the next two years, at least. Uh, their starting five is one of, if not the best in the league, and I, I don't think their depth is uh, that terrible. I still think it's solid, even after losing uh, three wings. Uh, I think they're the clear favorites out of the West, but a lot of the teams in the West got so much better that it's going to be tight. And for the Suns, I think they're sixth in the standings right now, so I don't think they have enough time to get back to the one seed, but I can still see them being a two or three seed. And uh -huh. then for the Nets, I actually think they had a really good deadline because of all the assets they got back. Obviously, they had to trade Kyrie because and get something for him because they weren't because uh, they weren't going to get him back and um i think they can still make the play i think they will make the playoffs this year not content for a title but they're starting to play yeah because they're starting five of like potentially dinwiddie cam thomas bridges johnson claxton with guys like simmons curry finney smith off the bench i think it's actually pretty solid and then how they got i think a total between the two trades five first round picks uh set them up nice for the future as well yeah i, I 100 percent agree with that um I just can't wait for the playoffs. It's going to be so much fun to watch. Um, Side note, I love Cam Thomas. Ain't shit funny. He's like the new Kawhi. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> um, you, know, uh, you know, I guess next we can start doing some trade grades, just rating some of the trades going on. Yep. Um, I think, Ryan, you kind of already touched upon that. But with the Kyrie trade, um, 
I'll, I'll grade all three teams you mentioned. I think the Houston Rockets get an A+. Plus. They didn't even do anything, and they're just winning. I agree with that completely. Um, the Mavericks, I'm going to give a I'm going to give a B plus. I think this gives them the best chance to contend for a championship. Where at the same time, I don't think they know what they're really going to do moving forward if they don't get a championship, which is likely. Um, So I just think there's a lot of unanswered questions. And how they, I think to make the trade even better, they should have made moves on top of that move, and they just did not do that. So um, you did get Kyrie Irving, but what's the plan? So I'm going to give like a B, B plus. Um, Yeah. And then um, the Nets, um, I'm going to give them an A. Nothing crazy, but like you said, Kyrie was leaving anyways, and they're getting picks down the line. And they just got two role players, and they're getting the return of um, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's a good player. Um, so A A for them. Yeah, so I, I agree with the, the Rockets getting A+, plus, the Nets getting A. I'm going to just not touch upon those anymore. One thing I will say about the Mavericks uh, I have them teetering on a B plus to an A minus for the trade, like at this moment immediately. But I think if we, like, say we're one year in the future, so let's say it's February tenth, twenty twenty four. If I'm going back and regrading this trade one year in the future, uh, if Kyrie doesn't stick around in Dallas this year and they don't make it past the conference semifinals, I'm gonna give them like a, a C minus because. They really need to do something with finally having that second star. They need to either extend him or win this year. If they don't do either of those things, their grade is going to drop very much. I agree with that. Josh, what are your grades for this trade? Um, I would give the Mavs a, a B plus because I, I do think they had to give Lucas someone to help him out. Um, and then for the Suns, I think it's an A just because whenever you can get a player like KD and the rest of your team is built to win a championship, uh, you have to go and do it no matter, no matter the cost. And yeah. then for the Nets, I, I would give them an A because of all the assets they came away with. Okay. Um, and then for the uh, Kevin Durant trade, um, so obviously uh, Kevin Durant was shipped to Phoenix Suns, and then the Brooklyn Nets got some stuff. Um, once again, you know, you, Ryan, you were talking about this, that like uh, – um, you thought that maybe Kevin Durant would stick around so that maybe they can make a playoff push with him. And they decided, I guess, they're going to go with the rebuilding route. Um, so with the Nets, they did get some good young guys. Mikhail Bridges, like, very good defensively. He's a good shooter, good personality. Just a good person to have in the locker room. Um, and he's young. Cam Johnson, he's a good young shooter. They got a couple young assets. They got, a, they got, uh, some, they got future first-round picks. Um, and you also got Jay Crowder, who's, you know, he's more of a veteran. But... They shipped him to Milwaukee. Say that again? Jay Crowder, they uh, shipped him to Milwaukee for five seconds, I think it was. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 the Nets did that? Yeah, the Nets did that. Okay, that makes it even better. <laughs> yeah. Makes it even better. They got even more draft picks. I actually did not hear about that. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Suns get Kevin Durant. Um, the Nets, well, hearing that news about Jay Crowder, which I somehow did not hear... I'm I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him a uh, A plus. Okay. Seriously, I, I I don't think they would have won with Kevin Durant anyways. That's not ridiculous. That's around. not ridiculous to say that. <laughs> like, there's just I just don't think they would have won with Kevin Durant. There's just not enough around him. Um, and they're getting young guys. They're getting a ton of draft picks. There's nothing to lose here. Like, there's no there's nothing wrong with this trade. All it does is just help them for the future. 
um, if they retain, if they keep those guys, because they could be good pieces for a championship run down the line, depending on how good they develop. Um, and the and the Suns, I'm gonna give um, I'm gonna give an A. You know, you did give up um, a, some a couple good young guys and a good role player, um, but you also did just get Kevin Durant to um, be a major piece next to Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So. A for them, I think this gives them the best chance to win a championship this year. I'm going to give the Nets an A plus too. I think they got a great return for Kevin Durant. I love Mikhail Bridges as a player. He's a guy that you're going to need to have around as you rebuild. And once the rebuild is complete, hopefully he's still there because when he's in his prime, he's going to be a great player. Cam I Johnson, agree. I also love Cam Johnson. I think he's great. And then all that draft capital. So yeah, Nets A plus. And I'm going to give the Suns an A on a basis that I think they're going to come out of the West and make the finals. Uh, I don't perceive the Nuggets as serious contenders. Jokic has to show me that he has a playoff gene in him that he can win in the playoffs. He's never shown that before. I'm not sold on the Mavs. So I think if the Suns get past the Clippers, they're coming out of the West. And I yep. think they will get past the Clippers because they acquired KD. So I'm going to give the Suns an A. I agree. Josh? Yeah, I kind of gave my grades earlier because I left the call for a second. But... Yeah, oh. I would agree with, agree with Ryan's point that uh, Bridges and Cam Johnson are valuable. You even saw at this deadline uh, how much people wanted or possibly needed guys like OG Ananobi. And I think Bridges is sort of one of those guys as well. They're not a superstar, but they'll, they'll play very good defense and hit shots when you need them to. I completely agree. Um, let me just pull up the Wiseman tree because I, I haven't really looked into that a ton. It, it was like a – here, I'll just explain. It was like a three-team deal. So – Wiseman went to the Pistons, Sadiq Bay went to the Hawks, and then the Warriors received five second-round picks from the Hawks, which they then flipped for Gary Payton. Yep. So okay. I'll go first on this one, just to yeah, explain you go a little bit more. I'm going to give the Warriors a C. Um, even though they upgrade their roster immediately to try to be more of a contender in the playoffs, Gary Payton was absolutely phenomenal for them last year, so they get him back. Just yeah. the idea that you traded, like, the number one pick from three years ago for second round picks doesn't sit right with me. And I can just like basketball. If you, if you like have something called basketball morals, like morally, I cannot give that more than a C because they just yeah. flipped. They just flipped James Wiseman, number one pick, even though he's not playing like a number one pick, they essentially just flipped a number one pick for Gary Payton. Like I just can't grade that high. Like I just, I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me to grade that above a C. Uh, and then the Hawks, I'm going to give them an A. I love Sadiq Bey. I think they just got him at an absolute steal. They only gave up second-round picks, which are essentially not worth very much. So I'm going to give them an A. And for the Pistons, I'm going to give them ah, a B. A B. I don't okay. think it's a terrible deal for them. Sadiq Bey was a good player, but his time, like he's kind of ran his course in Detroit. He's going to be phased out eventually anyway there. They're going to have so many wings coming in with their picks and just young guys there. Um, yeah. So his time there was kind of over. And they bring in Wiseman, who maybe they believe in their developmental staff to get him playing at an elite level for them. So I'm going to give them a B. Okay. Yeah, for me, um, I don't know. I just I feel like they pulled the plug on Wiseman way too early. Um, I, I've always been pretty high on Wiseman. Obviously, he hasn't really panned out so far in the NBA. But I think he's shown flashes of being great, but obviously it hasn't really been put together. Um, he's obviously rebounding at a very low rate. He's not really scoring much, which is why he was sent down to the G League for a bit. But 
I, I don't know. I just think he has too high of a ceiling to just give up like that. Like you said, for just some second round picks and Gary Payton. Um, I, I know the Warriors are trying to win now, but you, you might have just cost having a good player. Obviously, maybe he wouldn't have lived up to the, uh, the high draft pick expectations, but I don't know. It just that doesn't really sit right with me. Um, like you said, Sadiq Bay is also a good player, and if you're getting him for second round picks, that's a that's a steal. Um, so the Hawks, um, I'll give them an A. The Warriors, I'm gonna give them a C plus. So you're because you are getting a player that's gonna help you um, win now, but you did just give up um, a asset that could potentially help you down the line. Um, so yeah. Yeah, the Warriors have tons of faith in their in their scouts and their developmental staff. So I don't think they're like I don't think the Warriors themselves are too concerned about win now rebuild. I think the Warriors are going to be one of those teams that are always in kind of a fluid situation where they could be absolutely terrible one year, but then really good the next year. Like we kind of saw that already with mm-hmm. the Warriors. So like they they kind of snipe guys late in the first round, like Jordan Poole. I think Patrick Baldwin's going to be a nice player. So the Warriors are going to be like they definitely grade this trade for themselves in a but again it's that just the principle of it like it makes me give them a c yeah and uh the blazers are coming out with uh an incredible player in kevin knox so i gotta give him a <laughs> i used to be so high on kevin knox i wanted the sixers to get him but um yeah josh what uh, do you think uh yeah I, I agree with pretty much everything that was said i would give the warriors a c plus because essentially they trade Wiseman for Peyton and why Peyton's a much better player right now for them and Curry and Thompson and Draymond are only getting older. Um, I feel like they could have gotten a better player for Wiseman, especially if they packaged another one of their younger players like Moses Moody or someone like that. Um, so maybe the market was lower than I thought, but I just thought they could have got more. Um, and then for the Pistons, I was really confused because they have uh, Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart both young centers who I think could develop to be very solid players. So I, he'll obviously play with Detroit as they're a rebuilding team, but I just found it a little confusing that he went to a team that already has a couple centers. So I give them a B. And then the Hawks, I agree. Uh, Sadiq Bey, I think, is one of the most underrated players in the league. And now that he's on the team where he doesn't have to be the number one scorer, I think he's really going to excel. All right, I agree with that. Um, so now we're going to talk about the uh, four-team deal. That ended up um, shipping Matisse Stiebel to the Blazers, um, and the Sixers actually ended up receiving Jalen McDaniels. Um, so the Trail Blazers they got a hefty package here with uh, Cam Reddish, Matisse Stiebel, and Ryan Archidiakono. Um, the Knicks got Josh Hart. Um, the Hornets got this guy that I can't even pronounce his name. <laughs> um, and, a couple of picks. Um, and then the Sixers got Jalen McDaniels and a few draft picks. I'm actually really excited to see Jalen McDaniels on the Sixers. Um, I think he's someone that we really needed. You know, we need, obviously we need big man depth, which um, we haven't really gotten, but um, we also needed wing depth. Um, I think Jalen McDaniels is the perfect guy for that. You know, he's a good defender, not nearly as good as a defender as Thibel, as he's one of the best defenders in the league probably, but Jalen McDaniels is giving you a much better score than Thibel. Um, so I'm going to take that. You know, Thibel, sometimes when he was on the court, he'd be a liability. We wouldn't be spaced out as much. But he did give you good defense. Um, Trailblazers, they're getting, a, they're getting a few good young guys. Cam Reddish hasn't really panned out in the league much, but he's still, he's still pretty young, so you never know. And Thibel, like I said, he's a fantastic defender, and that's exactly what they needed. So that's a good trade for them. I'm going to give the Sixers a, uh, I'm gonna give the Sixers a B plus um, in this trade. I'm going to give the Blazers a 
Uh, I'm going to give them a B plus as well. Um, the Knicks received Josh Hart, another young guy. He hasn't really done much in the past few years, so I'll give him like a B minus. And the Hornets, I have no idea about that guy, so <laughs> I, I have no idea who he is. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 if you're watching this podcast, no disrespect. Svi. 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 Yeah, I'm not even going to try. I don't want to disrespect him. Sorry, man. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't even think I can give the, the Hornets a grade on this one because I just don't. <laughs> I don't like they did get a couple draft picks, but they're just second round picks. Yeah, um, I give them. A, I'll give them. A, I'll give them the C plus. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I just don't have enough knowledge about that player. Maybe he becomes <laughs> great. So we'll see. All right, I'll, I'll come in now. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give the Knicks. I'm gonna give the Knicks an A. They literally just dumped off Cam Reddish for Josh Hart, immediate upgrade. Um, I'm going to give the Sixers. So it's tough for me to grade this for the Sixers because I'm so angry at the Sixers for not making any other moves. But just, yeah. removing, just removing myself from that perspective, I'll just straight up give the Sixers an A because I think they upgraded from Matisse to McDaniels. And what else can you really ask for? Yeah, I think in the playoffs, Matisse was an extreme liability um, just because he was like a traffic cone on the offensive end. McDaniels, McDaniels brings that good defense, but he also uh, can play offensively, unlike Matisse. So it's just an instant upgrade for them too. So I'll give them an A, even though I'm angry at them. Yep. I'm gonna give the Hornets. Like I, I, I can't even grade. I know who Shvi is. He went to Kansas. He was a good player, but like again, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about him in the NBA. Like I, I had, I didn't even know he was in the league. I thought he was playing like for the Shanghai Sharks. So. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna give the Hornets an, an NA, not available for a grade. I don't. I don't know what to give them. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give the Blazers. I'm gonna give the Blazers like a B plus. They got a nice haul for. Uh, yeah. For what they gave up. And the first um, round. So. Yeah. So I'm gonna give them a B plus, but again, the Blazers for like the 13th trade deadline in a row did nothing meaningful. And Damian Lillard just continues to play there for I don't even know why they never they never bring in anyone to help him. So I'm just yep. gonna give the Blazers like a B plus because it was a good trade for them. But again, Blazers and Sixers both should have done more. I agree, Josh. What is your uh, thoughts on the Hornets receiving Shvi? Uh, <laughs> so I'll give the Sixers a B plus. Uh, obviously, McDaniel's a solid defender uh, and much better score. Uh, his shooting's a little streaky, but I think he has the potential. At least he's um, going to be making some threes. So. Yeah, and I think through this trade, it allowed us to get under the tax, which allows us to get someone through the buyout market, which I think is big because we still definitely need a backup center. So the Sixers B, B plus the Knicks. Uh, getting Josh Hart, I think, is definitely an improvement over Reddish, who was just on the bench. So I'll give him a B just because they also had to give up a first-round pick. Uh, the Blazers, uh, I think they made out very well. They got Thibel, who's... I still think has potential, and he's a great defender. Um, they got the first-round pick from the Knicks, and then they also got Cam Reddish, who will have an opportunity to play now as he has it with the Knicks, and we'll yep. see if he has anything. Uh, and the Hornets, um, McDaniels is a free agent after this year, I believe, so they were just trying to get something for him. So I'll give him a B-minus for getting second-round picks. I got to come back in and say I, I got to change my Knicks grade from an A to a B-plus. I did not know they gave up a first-round pick, so I'm going to lower their grade two 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 letter grades down from an A to a B plus. It was it was protected, but I, I think the Knicks will make the playoff or Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm still so. gonna lower that down. I think the Knicks 
the Knicks need those picks because they're never going to contend anytime soon. So I'm going to lower that a little bit. Okay. That makes sense. So um, the next trade, uh, the next uh, trade up here is um, D'Angelo Russell um, is now on the Lakers, which I think is a massive pickup for the Lakers. Um, yep. They're in a rough stretch right now, uh, especially with some calls, some questionable calls from refs. But I think um, trading away Westbrook and getting a guy that is a much more consistent scorer and can um, and just gives spacing um, is a threat from the three point line is going to massively um, help the Lakers just in terms of spacing and letting LeBron and Anthony Davis have the space to do their thing. Um, I think this gives them the best chance to um, make a run in the playoffs. Um, I'm very excited to see. Uh, how the Lakers perform. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the trade right now just to get the official, um, like the, the official like stats of this trade, like who was shipped to where. Um, so the Lakers um, get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Wait, hold up. Yeah, that's right. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. And then also the trade includes Mike Conley and picks to the Timberwolves and Westbrook and a lightly protected first-round pick in 2027 to the Jazz. Um, I think the Lakers got a lot for what they gave up. Um, just a first-round pick in a few years, and Westbrook, and they and they uh, and they get they get Russell Beasley and Vanderbilt. So I think that's huge for the Lakers. Gives them depth. Gives them a nice starting point guard to pair with LeBron and AD. I honestly, I'm gonna give an A for the Lakers. Um, they they got rid of Westbrook. Who I think is massively overhated, but it just he just didn't really he was not paired well with LeBron uh, or Anthony Davis. It was just not a good situation for him. He needed to get out of there. Works best for both sides. Um, you know, Westbrook to the Jazz. I don't I don't really know how to feel about that. Uh, I think he'll hit the. I mean, is it possible for him to hit the buyout market? Yeah, uh, I I saw that he's expected to get bought out and then okay. go to someone like the Clippers or the Heat. Yeah, I, I would I'm, love to see. I would personally love to see Westbrook on the Heat. Like, I, I would like that. Yeah, I don't know. Just just a trade for the Jazz. I don't really know like what they're really getting much out of that, other than like a first round pick in a few years. So I'm just gonna like a C plus. Nothing like terrible, but yeah. And then the, and then the Timberwolves. Um, so, they get Mike Conley and a couple picks. I'm going to give him, like, a B. Yeah, I'm going to come in. I don't really care about the Jazz or the Timberwolves side of this deal at all. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really care about it. All I really care about is the Lakers. Yeah. Part of this deal, and I'm going to give the Lakers an A. Because, like, how did they get that haul for, for mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook and <laughs> whatever else? I don't know how. I don't, literally don't know how they got that haul for that. Um, but... I'm going to be a little bit of a clown here and bring up something just completely just random that involves this trade. Okay. Is that I feel extremely bad for Scottie Pippen Jr. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, or if you know why I'm saying this. Does anyone no, know why I'm saying this? I know he's on the Lakers G League, but I don't know anything besides that. Okay, so Scottie Pippen Jr. is a part of the Lakers organization. And as you guys just talked about, the Lakers just brought in Malik Beasley. Does anyone know where I'm going with this yet? Nope. Malik oh. Beasley publicly dated Larsa Pippen, like Scottie Pippen's mom. That oh, is just I, I actually was kind of making that connection for a second. 
like oh my god imagine just like a teammate of yours just like in the pop where i was like publicly just oh man i could oh jeez i don't know I, <laughs> I, I i i don't know i i just feel bad for scotty pivot like that's got to be so awkward like was he like He's gonna go dap up Malik Beasley. Like I just, <laughs> I don't know. I know that was like a clown thing to say. Like it's not part. It's not like it's not a. It's not analytical. But like I don't know. Just yeah, I do. But I'm gonna oh. give the Lakers an A. Okay. Okay. Um, Joshua, would you grade it? Yeah, I I think the Lakers easy A. Uh, Russell Westbrook and D'Angelo Russell. I think there isn't much of a difference. Uh, and then you also add Malik Beasley, who's a Great three-point uh, shooter and solid scorer off the bench. And then Jan, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, I really wanted him for the Sixers. I think he's a really good defender uh, and versatile. He can play the center. He can play forward. So Lakers definitely an A. Uh, the Jazz, I, w- I feel like they could have gotten more, uh, but I think they'll take the first-round pick, and then Russ, they're just going to buy out. So I would give them a B. And then the Timberwolves, uh, probably a B as well because – they got some second round picks and swap point guards. Okay. Um, so I just want to hear your thoughts um, about the Sixers. Um, I know, Ryan, you're upset about them not making moves for um, getting a big man. Uh, so what do you think moving forward? How are the Sixers going to perform not having that um, depth at the big man uh, at, at center or forward? Um, or do you think they're going to try to pick someone up um, eventually? Yeah, I'm extremely disappointed. I mean, one of the reasons I'm super excited for this playoffs is because obviously this is our first year not in high school, which means school is going to end a whole month earlier. It's going to end early May instead of early June, which means instead of being stuck like in school for most of the playoffs and like having it be school nights during late like late playoff games, we can actually watch most of the playoffs without that pressure. So like, yep. it's going to be an enjoyable playoffs, and I was super excited to see if the Sixers were going to you know, try to be aggressive for once at the deadline. I mean, last year they got hardened, but save that. Um, besides that, they've never really done anything. Um, I was super excited to see if the Sixers could potentially make a run this year for, like, finally. But unfortunately, um, I'm kind of picturing yet another conference semifinal exit, which is just going to be super disappointing. It's kind of very similar. Being a Sixers fan is very similar to being a Cowboys fan. Your GMs, <laughs> your GMs never really get aggressive. And you're just stuck with like mediocrity every year. You know, you're usually like you get one playoff win maybe, and then you exit, even though you have super high expectations and a very talented team. So I mean, I'm I'm disappointed with the Sixers, but I'm still hopeful. So I'm not I'm not I'm not throwing in the towel, even though I predict a conference semifinal exit. That doesn't mean I'm I'm not going to be watching the playoffs, hoping for a deep Sixers run. I'm still going to be watching, still going to be tuned in. Um, and I'm still going to be hoping that the Sixers can maybe finally make it to the conference finals or even the finals this year. Okay. Um, you know, for me, I, I'm still hopeful for the Sixers as well. Um, I just think we just got a lot of talent. I'm really excited. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that Matisse trade. Um, so I, I just think we'll be fine. I, I, I wouldn't really be surprised if we get knocked out in the uh, semifinals, but anything can happen. I think this playoffs is wide open. So, even if we make it to the finals, I don't know if we can make it out with a win in the finals, especially with yeah. how West is now. Um, I don't know. Anything's possible, but... I mean, I really just can't see us winning a seven-game series against the Celtics when the, if like, the Celtics are going to have home court advantage. I just can't see us winning you know, that series because we're going to have to 
win off like three at home and then steal one in Boston or some combination of that. I just can't see that happening, unfortunately, with this roster. But again, although I'm pessimistic, I'm still hopeful that we can do it. Okay, Josh. Uh, yeah, I noticed the East didn't nearly make as many uh, moves as the West. Uh, the Cavs, who I think are a contender borderline, uh, they didn't make any trades. The Heat, that are kind of disappointing this year, but still in the playoffs, the only trade they made was dumping Deadman, which I don't know why they didn't try to get anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the fact the Sixers did something was better than nothing. And then I think... Nerlens Noel or center on the buyout market because uh, the Pistons have so many centers now and Nerlens wasn't playing anyway. I think he's a buyout candidate. Yeah, so we definitely need someone like him on the buyout market. But I, I would agree. I think we're still behind Boston and Milwaukee in the East. I would, I would love Noel coming back to Philly. That'd be awesome. He brings um, great defense, great rebounding. Exactly. Um, so, what teams do you think will exceed or fail after um, the trade deadline? Uh, I, I, I'm just going to go first with this. I think the Mavericks are going to fail. Um, I, yeah. you know, anywhere Kyrie goes, other than uh, other than Cleveland, it hasn't really gone um, like everyone thought. Um, I do think they're going to do a bit better than um, the past teams that he's been on. But at the end of the day, I just do not see them escaping the um, just getting out of the pl- um, out of the playoffs and getting into the finals. I just don't see that at all. Um, I don't think they're defensively good enough. I think it's just setting up for failure, and then they're going to have no idea what they want to do with Kyrie after this year. Um, do they want to extend them and uh, put a lot of money into Kyrie when there's a lot of questions? Um, or do we want to build around uh, Doncic more? It, I, don't, I, just, I think there's a lot of unanswered questions with that, and I think it's just going to end in failure for them. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, for yeah. the West, I would say... Two teams I think are going to fail to meet expectations. Mavericks won't elaborate on that because you just touched on it perfectly. It's, I agree with what you said. And then I think Nuggets are going to fail ex- like fail to meet expectations. Mm-hmm. I think they're currently the betting odds favorite to come out of the West. Obviously, they're currently the one seed. I don't. I honestly just I ne- I don't have faith in them. I don't know what it is. There's just something there where I look at the Nuggets and I look at the, how their roster is built and I say I don't see this team going past the conference semifinals. I don't know what it is, but I think they're going to just completely disappoint in the playoffs and not make it past the uh, semifinals. So that's my West failed meet expectations. For my East failed to meet expectations, unfortunately, uh, I'm going to choose the Sixers because I think fans in Philly have expectations to finally go to the conference finals. But like I predicted, don't think that's going to happen. And then for seed expectations, I have two teams in the West and one team in the East. Uh, in the West, I think Suns are going to go to the finals, which I think is exceeding expectations, even though a lot of people wouldn't be surprised just because they're not the betting odds favorite in the West to come out of the West. But I think they will. So that's exceeding. And I'm going to say the Lakers. I think a lot of people uh, look at the Lakers and they're kind of saying this is a play-in team that might not even make the playoffs. I think the Lakers could make the playoffs and even win a series. So I'm going to choose the Lakers and the uh Suns for West, and then the East, I think the Heat are going to exceed expectations. A lot of people are writing them off already, saying they're not a serious threat, but I could easily see them making a conference finals run yet again. Okay. Real quick, Josh, before you guys want to talk about the, the teams that I think will exceed expectations, and I'm going to do the exactly oh, what you said, Ryan. Um, okay. And that, um, and that is, uh, I think the Suns are actually my pick to win the finals. Okay. I just think they're... I, I think they're so talented. I can't wait to see KD on them, on their team. 
um, especially when he's healthy. Uh, I, I, I just, they're just my pick. Um, I think obviously that's exceeding expectations that winning the finals, um, especially when they're going all in for that this year. Um, that'll be perfect for their organization. And the other team is the Lakers, just like what you said. Um, I actually think they're going to do more than just winning one series. I think they're going to contend. Um, I think um, this deal is perfect for LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, I think they got even more role players that are going to be huge for them defensively. Um, and I think D'Angelo Russell is much better than Westbrook and his, and um, not, not saying like as a player there, he's better, but like his fit in LA is a lot better than Westbrook. And I think he's, like I said before, he's going to space everything out. He's going to be a threat from deep. He's going to be a threat from all over the court. He's a great scorer. And that's just something Westbrook was not. And that is the exact opposite of what the Lakers needed. And I just think that trade is going to really push the Lakers forward to be a contender. I don't think they're going to escape um, the, the semifinals, but I do think they're going to push and be a threat. Um, Josh, what are your uh, uh, teams that will exceed or fail? Uh, yeah, I completely agree with Ryan with the Nuggets. I think they're going to fail. Um, they barely did anything at the deadline. They lost Highland for second-round picks. And then Thomas Bryant, he's a good backup center, but I don't think he's great, especially since what the rest of the West got. And this might be a hot take, but I honestly think the Pelicans, if fully healthy, are better than the Nuggets. Okay. So I, I just don't. I think the Nuggets are a disappointment this year. Uh, but um, a sleeper in the West, I think the Clippers, uh, they really helped their uh, bench depth with Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, uh, Plumley at the deadline. If Kawhi and PG stay healthy, they get a point guard in the buyout market or something. I think they're uh, a sleeper to come out of the West. Okay. Um, and then in the East, the Bucks, they didn't do anything serious. They got Jameson Crowder, but it's guys like those that step up in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, he hasn't played all year, so we'll see how in shape he is. But if if he's like his normal self, I think that's a great addition from Milwaukee. And then the Raptors really confused me because I expected them to sell, but they actually like slightly bought. They got Jakob Pertl for a couple picks, I believe, and they kept OG after talks of him or Van Vliet or Siakam getting traded. So I was a little confused by that, and I still don't think they're good enough to do anything in the playoffs. So I was a little surprised. Okay. Josh, Josh just shared with us breaking news that NFL Jets legend Jamison Crowder is going to the Bucks, Or Jay Crowder. My fault. My fault. <laughs> Jay Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was maybe like so he confused. is. Maybe he is. I was so <laughs> confused. Like, I knew what he meant, but like my brain didn't connect. <laughs> I completely forgot about Jamison Crowder. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. Um, Alright, so now... Uh, we're just going to go into our last topic of the day, or topics, um, and we're just going to talk about the Super Bowl. We already did this in um, our last podcast that did not record, but we'll touch upon it briefly, but then we're going to do some other stuff like prop bets, so make it a little bit interesting. Um, so for the Super Bowl, um, we were already talking about him, um, but uh, Jarek McKinnon, um, the running back for the Chiefs, is so valuable, and we were touching upon about how valuable he is in terms of blocking and pass yep. blocking and how that's going to be huge for Mahomes, especially with his ankle being in question and how healthy he is. Um, and I actually ne- never even really realized how valuable he was for the Chiefs this season until I was looking into it, um, like going into the um, podcast this week. And he, he he's just so valuable in the pass game receiving because Mahomes likes to dump it off to him in, in blocking. He's a solid runner. Um, I think that's something that the Eagles really have to 
um, match up upon and try to plan out because um, he could be um, he could be a killer against us. Not in terms of like big plays, but just like just getting the job done. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's definitely a key matchup is Jarek McKinnon versus the Eagles pass rush. Yep, uh, he's gonna have to protect Mahomes' ankle for sure. Another matchup I touched upon Wednesday, and I'll touch upon briefly now, is Eljair Sneed, Chiefs cornerback, against either A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eagles face the most man defense in the league by a, an astonishing rate. That is because their run game is so you know, potent that opposing defenses aren't willing to just sit in zone and let the Eagles pound the ball all game long. So they're going to have to play man, send a couple blitzes, you know. So Snead's going to be huge because he's going to be one-on-one a lot against, you know, Devontae Smith, who I think is the best number two receiver in the NFL besides T. Higgins. Mm -hmm. And then also A.J. Brown, who's obviously a borderline or is top 10 receiver, depending on who you ask. Definitely top 12 receiver in the league. So he's going to be huge for the Chiefs coming coming off that injury and kind of holding the fort down when it comes to that defense. And then obviously on Wednesday, I said solely Jason Kelsey was going to be huge for the Eagles. The more, the th- more I thought about it, it's just the entire Eagles O-line is going to be huge. They've yeah. played well all year, and they're going to need to replicate that performance against the Chiefs and keep Chris Jones at bay in order to keep that Eagles offense clicking. I completely agree with that. Um, I'm actually kind of interested to see how the Eagles defensive backs play. Um, against Kelsey, and not only that, but Juju Smith-Schuster and a couple of their weapons and how well they tackle. Um, not, we haven't really had a ton of tackling issues throughout like the season, but we've had a few. Um, you know, The Chiefs have a lot of weapons where if you get the ball in open space, they're going to take off they're really fast. Um, you know, how ca- um, Can the Eagles' defensive backs and linebackers make the tackle and wrap them up before they can get into the second level of the field? Um, that's just something interesting to see. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, actually, the last time he went against Bradbury, had about two touchdowns and like about 70 yards. So that's just something to look out for. I don't really think he's going to do that against the Eagles, as we'll probably have like slay on him, but just something to look out for. He's a very underrated receiver. Um, and then Kelsey, very worried about him. Um, he could easily just, easily just take off and just, just, just destroy a defense. Um, how can the Eagles secondary contain Kelsey? And um, they're definitely going to have to wrap him up and tackle him um, to make sure he doesn't um, break a few tackles and get down the field and get an extra 20 yards when we could have wrapped him up before. It's just we have, There's so many weapons that the Chiefs have that we have to really look out for. And um, it's just interesting to see how well the Eagles' defense in general can play against the Chiefs' offense and contain Mahomes and all the weapons around him. So that's just something I want to look out for. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was going to talk about one of the one of the matchups I was going to talk about was the same as you, uh, the Kelsey. Um, yeah. I think Gardner Johnson's been terrific this year. I think he'll probably go on him. And then uh, another matchup is Orlando Brown versus Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick, potentially. Uh, he's yeah. kind of struggled in pass protection all year, and he's got to at least limit them if the Chiefs want any shot. Yep. Yeah. Um. I think the uh, last uh, matchup we can go with is the uh, prop bets. Oh, Josh just left the call, but um, Josh Ryan, is scared of gambling. Yeah, he, I guess so. Uh, we could do the prop bets. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I think we should do the Gatorade color first. I had a controversial take <laughs> on the last one. I think. Uh, well, I have the Eagles. Uh, I'm maybe a little biased, but I have the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Um, 
I think Nick Sirianni is going to do something corny and do a green Gatorade. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's going to be right. So I'm going to go green Gatorade. That's just so... That, the reason that is such a wild take is because there's not even odds for that because it's so obscure. There's never been green Gatorade used in a Super Bowl before. Even when the, the Eagles literally won the Super Bowl five years ago and did not use green Gatorade. Yeah, because they didn't have Nick Sirianni. You got Nick Sirianni now. All right. Well, that that's an absurd take, but if it hits, that'll be crazy. But I'm, I'm telling you, in- I, have, I have such a feeling it's going to happen. I'm going to come in and I'm going to predict orange Gatorade. Uh, the Chiefs win, I think. At least I predict the Chiefs are going to win. Uh, if the Eagles win, by the way, lemon-lime is a lock, not green. It'll be lemon-lime if the Eagles win. But I think the Chiefs are going to win. So my final prediction, I'm going to lock in as orange Gatorade. Uh, I'm going to bring in some, maybe this might be degeneracy for me to know this and have like this ex- to this extent of gambling advice. But uh, anyways, it's not going to be red Gatorade. For anyone who listens to this and wants to put a nice little bet down on the Gatorade color, do not bet on red Gatorade. That's a terrible decision. The reason I say that is because even though the Chiefs' jersey uniform colors are red for the Super Bowl, NFL players don't drink red Gatorade. They're instructed not to. The reason that is is because if they vomit on the field and they have been drinking red Gatorade, they can't distinguish that red Gatorade from any blood. So they wouldn't know if it's like a dangerous situation. So okay. do, not, do not put money on red Gatorade. Okay. Um, so Let's now, do uh, it's tails. Tails. I'm going to go with tails. Yeah, it's got to be tails. I think three out of the last four coin flips have been heads. And I know tails is waiting in the wings because tails never fails. Yep. So it's going to be tails. It's got to be tails. I'm going to go with tails on this one again. Um, is there any other prop bets we can do? Uh, what do you think about this one? I think this is kind of like a weird one that probably not many people are thinking about. But the, okay. I, think the, I think the Eagles are going to be like pounding the rock, pause all day against the Chiefs on Sunday. The rock, pounding the rock, like Wayne running Johnson, football. running the football, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're gonna, they're not gonna be pounding Dwayne the Rock. <laughs> okay, oh, okay, <laughs> they're gonna be running the football a lot against the Chiefs. So I think I'm going to take or think about Kenneth Gainwell over 14 and a half rushing yards. Oh, it seems, yeah, like, it seems like a low line. Yeah, yeah. He's been he's been having he's been on a tear this playoffs out of nowhere. He was like we would just give him the ball at the goal line on on like he was kind of underwhelming in terms of in the passing game. We really were expecting him to be a pretty reliable receiver, and he dropped a few passes. Like. Uh, he was the reason Hurts had his first interception on the season. It was just an easy dump off, and he just dropped it, and it went into the defender's hands. Um, he dropped a few passes, um, so we didn't really give him the ball um, in terms of the passing game, so we kind of just tested him out at the goal line, and he was pretty consistent at getting the ball into the end zone at the goal line, and now um, he's been on a tear this playoff, putting up over 100 yards against the Giants and having a really good game last week. So I think that's out of the question. I think he's easily getting over 14 yards. Yep. And then finally, I don't know, I don't know how well versed you are on Rihanna. I'm personally a big fan. Not really. Okay. I don't listen to her. I don't listen to her songs that much. But I still am gonna say that the uh, so currently the odds say that the the favorite for Rihanna's first halftime song is "Don't Stop the Music," followed okay. by "Diamonds," 
And then, you know, a bunch of our other songs are up there, like Work, Where Have You Been, We Found Love, Umbrella, Hate That I Love You. I'm personally going to say The Lock of the Century, Rihanna's first halftime song in her halftime show performance is going to be Umbrella. The reason that that is, is because there's always a surprise, or not always, but like 75% of the time, the Super Bowl halftime performer brings out a surprise guest that no one knew was going to be there. Okay. Uh, last year, I think I don't think people knew that Kendrick was going to be there, and he came out. So uh, I think Rihanna is going to surprisingly bring out Jay-Z, and they're going to perform Umbrella for the first song. That's, that's interesting. I just feel like Umbrella is a song you bring out towards the... Uh, um, I'd say that's like towards the middle, towards the like or end of the uh, of the co- of the uh, show. For the dramatic effect, she's going to bring out Jay Z right away, and they're going to go right into Umbrella. It's for the dramatic effect. Okay, um, I'm just going to go with the safe bet here, like the, easily the biggest, like just the the safest bet. I think "Don't Stop the Music" is uh... that, that's a very safe bet because you know it's the first song. "Don't Stop the Music." She's got more songs. I, I literally just, uh, I just feel like it's just going to happen. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. If I wasn't sold on Jay-Z being there, I would have picked it. I think Jay-Z might be there. You never know. And I think Umbrella is going to um, be performed down, um, down the line. And I actually, there's a, there's a few things. There's songs that are not even on there. So Rihanna, she did the soundtrack for Black Panther. She's definitely going to have like an emotional twist to it and play Lift Me Up towards the end, towards the end, okay? Yeah, I mean, To have, that, like, a little story to so, the... So that's, uh, actually, that's actually not as, you know, unique and quirky as you might think, because looking at the odds here, Lift Me Up is plus 700 to be the first song, so it seems like uh, the odds makers think she's performing it at some point. Oh, is it, is it actually? Yes, so Umbrella is plus 1,600 and has the fifth best odds. So Lift Me Up is currently uh, the sixth most favorite to be the first song performed. It's definitely not going to be the first one. It's too, too, like, um, too slow. She needs to have a song that's going to hype you up. Okay. The show. So that's what I'm going to go with. Very um, insightful choice. Okay, okay. Um, any, any other prop bets? Um, just, I, I'm not going to bet on any of these, but a few that I think have great chances of hitting are Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown scorer. He's, you know, the Chiefs' biggest threat. He'll probably get in the end zone. I think I like the over on Mahomes' passing yards. I think it's like 270 right now. The Eagles haven't faced a quarterback as good as him all year. And right. then the, the one I'll go with for my final kind of shot in the dark is Jalen Hurts' first touchdown scorer of the game. I think the Eagles go up 7-0 on an early drive in the first quarter, and they're going to finish it off with one of those uh, trademark QB sneaks. Okay. All right. All right that's all I got. Good. And I'm actually going to go Mahomes under 270. Mahomes pass. under? I am. That's a, that's, a, that's a unique play, I would say. I'm telling you, I might put money on it. Okay. I would like, I would like to see you do it. All right, all right. Um, I think that concludes our episode today. Pretty solid. It's a longer one, almost an hour long. Oh. Uh, you know, I'm going to try to get this episode out by Sunday morning before the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah. I hope you guys have a nice day. I'll see you, Ryan. See you later. Peace.